It's been a long time coming. All the Gospels talked about it. The prophet Joel said that it would be poured out on all flesh. It's a long time coming. The Holy Spirit. That, that Holy Spirit that, that came at Pentecost. And, and remember, this is super important. Now that Jesus has ascended, the apostles were, were, were waiting for the gift to come so that they could be empowered and then they could go. They could go and do what Jesus had sent them to do. Acts 1.8. Remember this from last week? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. We're in Acts 2 as we continue our ready, set, action, teaching series over these next several weeks. And now it's Pentecost. We're 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. We're 10 days now after he has ascended. So for the past 10 days, the apostles have been waiting around. Not just waiting, though. We talked about this last week. They were praying and they were planning. But they were waiting now for 10 days for this gift to show up. What patience they must have had to have. And then, though, here on, on day 10, all of a sudden, the Spirit shows up. And boy, it shows up, right? Look at Acts 2, verse 2. Listen to this real quick. Acts 2, verse 2 says this. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, grabbing the attention of everyone. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes this mighty rushing wind, blowing and violent, flames, tongues of fires appear, and everyone present in that place was filled up. They each were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled up so that they could be sent Well, how do we know this, right? How do we actually know that this happened? How do we know it wasn't something else? Well, again, the scripture, guys, it, it, it teaches truth, right? So verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and immediately they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in different tongues, different languages. We, we can't comprehend what this is, is actually talking about. We just, we just can't do it because we're not there. But this obviously is another miracle. And a miracle of this magnitude is going to attract some serious attention. Right? Okay, so, so first we've got to remember it's Pentecost. Pentecost is where this festival um, happens where all these Jews flock back to Jerusalem to gather around the temple to make their offerings, to sing praises to God, and to participate in the ceremony of renewal. So, so now, Pentecost, you have gobs and gobs of people. But they're not just any people. They're devout Jews. From everywhere, from, from every nation. And this loud noise happens. Now, 
If you hear a loud noise, what do you do? Walk around, ignore it, or, or what? A lot of times, if you, you hear it, you're going to go check out and see what it was, right? So, so that's exactly what's happening here. When you hear this commotion, all these people, they come in and check it out. Look at verse 6. At the sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galilean? You see, something was going on here. But, but they did not understand that it was the Holy Spirit that had come upon the disciples, so they were shocked. They were bewildered by what they saw, and they did not know what to think. You had these devout Jews listening to every word that was being said, and they were hearing it spoken in their own language. That, that's their, their specific dialect. We're not talking about in Aramaic. We're not talking about in Greek. We're not talking about in Hebrew. We're talking about in their own local languages from all those places that are mentioned there in Acts. This is how they're hearing it. This is how they're understanding it. But, but not only that, who are the people speaking? They were fishermen. They were everyday Joes. They were people from Galilee. Now understand this. They're not accomplished linguists. So this, again, is some massive miracle that is happening. All these Jews gathered together were just so confused. But now they're hearing these words. They're hearing the, the disciples. They're hearing the apostles speak good news in their own languages. But it just doesn't make sense. So they ask, what does this mean? What does this mean? Now, naturally, when this question is arisen, what happens? You've got some people that doubt. You have some people that scoff. You have some people reject what is going on. So, so how do some of the people respond? They, they say, they're just drunk. All these people, they've been up in that room too long. They're just drunk. They're filled with the new wine. It's just like though when Jesus was still around. You notice that? People reject the miraculous. They reject what they cannot explain. Now, some 2,000 years later, it's still the same today, isn't it? Mockers and skeptics dismiss the message. They reject Jesus. These people that are unable to understand the supernatural, that they can't understand things that they don't have a logical explanation to, so, so they just reject it. They don't have faith in, in what is actually happening. So because they can't come up with a natural explanation to why these things are happening, they just say, you know what, they're drunk. You're just making it up. Now, in the text, you got to notice what happens next. Who steps up to speak? Peter. Oh boy, this could not be good, right? You, you, you remember Peter, right? Simon Peter? Bold and brash and just rushes into everything. 
here, see what happens. Peter steps forward to speak as, as the leader of the apostles. And notice how he responds. He doesn't yell. He doesn't speak harshly. Why? <gasps> He's changed. Better yet, he has been changed. Jesus forgave him. Jesus restored him. And now he's done what Jesus has asked him and the others to do. He waited in Jerusalem. Not just waiting, praying and planning. Preparing for the Holy Spirit to come and empower him. And guess what happened? That, that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what we see happening here. Only the Holy Spirit, friends, can change someone like Peter. Only the Holy Spirit can empower someone in this way. So now this new, humble, yet bold and confident Peter, filled with this confidence from the Holy Spirit, steps forth and he makes this powerful and dynamic speech. And he begins to teach. He begins to, to preach. He begins to tell all those people everywhere what's going on. And the first thing he does is he sets the doubters straight. He tells them to listen to his words. He lets them know that these men are not drunk because it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. It's too early. You see, it's too early here in this sense because this was the time for morning prayers for devout Jews. This was the time for, for sacrifice. You see, this was the time where no Jew was allowed to eat or drink anything before this time of the day. So then Peter went on from there, filled with the Holy Spirit, to explain to the crowd what they were witnessing was fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. They knew what Joel wrote. They're not like so many of us who don't understand the Bible or so many people out there who don't know the Word or the Old Testament. They're not like that. They knew what Peter was talking about. They knew where the Spirit was going to be poured out. Listen to what Joel wrote. He said this, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be those who escape, as the Lord had said. And among the survivors shall be those whom the Lord calls. Now, Obviously, not all of this was happening at that Pentecost morning because this is still prophesying things to come. We are living in these last days until Jesus comes back. 
So we're not going to focus on, on the columns of smoke and, and the earth and blood and fire. We're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on those words that talk about how the Lord pours out his spirit on all flesh, on, on everyone. And then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what? Saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's why this is one of the most amazing miracles that we see in the scriptures. The Holy Spirit is upon these guys, upon these people, and they are speaking in languages that they don't even know. So now languages are not a barrier to the gospel being proclaimed. It's being heard by everyone. Verse 11 said that the mighty works of God are heard in their own tongues. You see, these men should not have known these languages. That they shouldn't have. We can't emphasize this point enough. It's the power of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been poured upon them and given them this power to prophesy in these different tongues, in these different languages. You see, the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. The Holy Spirit always makes sure that the word of God never comes back void. And that gospel message is what is being shared here in the book of Acts, right now, the Lord is making it easy for all gathered to hear, to understand the gospel, to understand what is being said, to receive this truth in their hearts. This is the most important truth, right? This is the truth of most crucial importance back then and, of course, now. For all of us, the message of salvation is clear. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be Will they? Yeah, that, that's what Scripture says. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how does one call on the name of the Lord? Only by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit at work. The Holy Spirit draws people to faith. It's not the pastor. I could be dead and gone next week, and you have someone in here that's going to proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ, and guess what? The Holy Spirit's going to show up. The Holy Spirit draws people to faith. The Holy Spirit draws us close to the Lord when we cry out to Him in faith. We all need to remember this. We all need to remember and recognize that, that, that He alone can rescue us from our struggles, from our pains, from this coming day of judgment. Are we the only ones, too, that he'll rescue, though? No, of course not. Because God's salvation is for everyone. Everyone, everywhere. So with the Holy Spirit now at work, God now stands in immediate relationship with us, his people, again. Right? From God, through Christ, to you and to me. All done by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then it goes out. 
When the Holy Spirit came at that Pentecost, a new world was presented to those devout Jews in Jerusalem. They were hearing about Jesus. The apostles were doing what Jesus told them they would be doing. Person after person was hearing the clear message that Jesus is the answer, that he is the fulfillment of all the prophecies. Peter, boldly and confidently filled with this Holy Spirit, continued to share the news of Jesus. You read the rest of that chapter, you're going to see lots of baptisms and lots of people coming to faith. You see, they got it. They understood that by the power of the Holy Spirit, the message that is Jesus Christ, all the answers are found in him. For them, for us, today, and then into eternity. You see, the same assurance that they have, we get from the Holy Spirit too. Peace, joy, love, forgiveness, and salvation. All that come through Jesus Christ, delivered to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the great thing about God's word. That's the great thing about his message. It hasn't changed. The good news is still the good news. The power of God, the word of God, will triumph. It always does. It triumphs over all opposition. Yes, there will be naysayers. There will be mockers. There will be scoffers. There will be those who doubt, who question, who look for proof. Let them come. Have an open conversation with them. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to doubt. It's okay to talk about it in a nice, caring, kind, and loving way. But in the end, there will also be those who don't want to hear and who just don't want the good news. But that doesn't mean the church will stop sharing. Peter and the other apostles, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with courage and hope for the helper had come. And that same helper comes today to you, to me. The Holy Spirit fills believers and spreads the gospel through them, which would be you and, yes, me. Someday I, I, I am, I am going to be gone from this world, and you're going to be wondering, well, why did Pastor Scott always say this? Well, it's because it's so important. It's our time. It's our turn to boldly confess, to boldly stand in truth. You see, friends, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you and, and me, we're made aware of God's saving power in the gospel. But we're also sent out so other people can be made aware of it too. And we're all drawn into this by what the Spirit does. Brings us to faith and sends us out in faith. For you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Right? That's what Jesus says. So you who have received the power of the Holy Spirit that has come upon you, you are now his witness. Let's finish up with this interesting uh, quote I found. It says this, 
Without the Holy Spirit, Christian discipleship would be inconceivable. Further, there can be no life without the life giver, no understanding without the spirit of truth, no fellowship without the unity of the spirit, no Christ-likeness of character apart from the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and no effective witness without his power. That's how important the Holy Spirit is in our lives and in the lives of others. Friends, Jesus Christ is coming back. I can guarantee you that. And he is coming soon. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This life of discipleship is what we're called to do. It's how we're called to live. So have no fear. Have no fear, friends, of what people may say or what people may think. You're filled up with the Spirit. So like Peter, step out boldly and confidently filled with this Holy Spirit. For Christ has risen for you and for me. Oh, friends, he is risen indeed for all. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.